Welcome to AT Parenting Survival Podcast, where you get support and guidance through the chaos of parenting. Here's your host, child therapist, Natasha Daniels. Well, hello there, and welcome to another episode of the AT Parenting Survival Podcast. Today, I want to talk to you about something that I notice happening a lot with parents who are raising kids with anxiety or OCD. I'm seeing this in my private practice. I'm seeing it in the private Facebook group that we have. I see it in the AT parenting community when people just start. And that is the experience of feeling like you are in this lonely journey that nobody else understands. And the domino effect of what that does for you when we feel like we're alone, not heard, not understood, and that we're in this and we're in this alone is a horrible feeling. And I'm going to talk to you a little bit about my own journey and how I even felt that way. And I'm an anxiety and OCD therapist, so that's pretty sad. And what to do about it. So I am coming in here on a different day other than Tuesday. So you might be like, why is she publishing her podcast so early this week? And that is because the AT parenting community is opened and I wanted to make sure that you don't miss it because I have decided to only open up the AT parenting community for a week at a time. So just a few times a year, I'm opening up the doors to the AT parenting community. And when I do, it's only for a week and then we close them back up again so we can focus on our current members. And the AT parenting community has opened up briefly on Tuesday and it's closing again on Tuesday. And so I did not want to do an episode on Tuesday and tell you, Hey, I'm going to be talking about loneliness and your journey, raising a child with anxiety and OCD. And by the way, my community is closed. <laughs> that seems like it sends a bad message. So it is open because I am going to release this episode early. So you have at least a day to join if you want to. I've been talking about it before, so you don't need a lot of time. If you've been on the fence, please join us. You can go to atparentingcommunity.com. Check that out, see what it's about and join us. But today I want to go into just the, the experience that a parent has raising a child with anxiety and OCD and some of the struggles that we deal with and how do you overcome them? So a lot of times it starts off for some of us, not everybody with our kids having some atypical behavior. And when I was a first brand new mom, I gave birth to my 16 year old. That would be weird. (laughs) I thought I was having a baby, but I had a teenager. That's freaky. Now she was a baby at one point and she was my first kid. And she had a lot of symptoms that were not typical. She had a lot of sensory issues. And often what I have seen um, in my 20 years in my private practice, but I didn't really know this or see that at the time when I was pretty green and having a new baby was that sensory issues are often the precursor to anxiety and she had a lot of stuff going on. And I was in a infant and toddler mental health postgraduate program, ironically at the time. And I was learning this information. It was actually oddly appropriate, you know, that I was learning about babies and toddlers and how they process things at the same time that I was a mom and going, Oh shoot. And I would raise my hand and say, isn't that normal? Or aren't we pathologizing things? Cause no babies do that. And Eventually people started to say, you should probably get her assessed. And so that was a hard pill to swallow. And I did, 
and she was part of AZIP, which is um, the Arizona Early Intervention Program. And she went through that assessment process. And I had never felt so judged and so demeaned as a parent. And I think that's what we all experience on some level, depending on who we're going to or who we're talking about. I, you know, felt like I got a really bad OT that evaluated and she was kind of commenting on my parenting, you know, that I shouldn't have her walk on the couch or she shouldn't stand on the coffee table. And it's like, this child's a monkey. You try to control her. And then, um, you know, I had some pretty bad experiences with different providers and some old pediatricians that were very old school. And that is probably not an unusual experience. That's probably something that a lot of us go through initially when we're getting assessed is wanting that validation. And maybe you feel like you see all these things that are going on with your child, but you want that validation that there's something going on that needs help because you don't want to think that you can't handle your child or that everybody else has these issues, but only you can't handle them. So there's that shame and that guilt. And so getting that validation um, is really important. But then on the flip side, we worry about getting judged, judged by the professionals that are there to assess us. You know, are they going to think it's my parenting? Are they going to think I'm a bad parent? And um, do I really want my child labeled? You know, and then there's the grief that comes with it when we actually do finally get a diagnosis of, oh my gosh, my child has the na- this diagnosis. You know, they have an anxiety disorder or they have ASD or they have OCD. You know, they've got some sort of alphabet soup disorder. And what does that mean for them and their well-being moving forward? So the first stage of this journey for a lot of parents is feeling lost, second guessing what you're seeing and feeling uh, judged possibly by those around you, whether they are friends, family, relatives, professionals who are there to supposedly support you and love you. And then grieving that you finally do have some answers and you were trying to get those answers, but now you have to sit with the end result, which can be eye-opening and can start a grief process of, yeah, you know, now the reality is I'm raising a child with anxiety or OCD. And what does that look like? So that's all in the front end of this journey. Some people don't have that, right? Sometimes people are just really lucky. They trust their gut and they have really supportive friends and family and they find the right professional and they get a diagnosis and it's presented in an uplifting way. And they feel like I got this, I can do this. It's not that big of a deal. We can handle this. So if that's you, you are super lucky because most of us have had a rendition of the experience I was just talking about. And then once you get all that diagnoses and maybe you're getting therapy lined up, the other issue becomes the ongoing struggle. And the ongoing struggle can be, can be really overwhelming for many different reasons. So a lot of times, depending on your own issues, you have to handle scrutiny from other people who don't get anxiety or OCD. And that can be overwhelming. I have I'm a, I always say I'm a recovering, socially anxious person because I don't believe you ever fully get rid of your anxiety or OCD, but you learn how to live with it. And I have been torturing my social anxiety for the last five years. <laughs> and so I'm sure my social anxiety is not happy with me. And 
in the beginning, in the early days of raising children with anxiety and OCD, my social anxiety would be triggered all the time because something would happen and they would need me to advocate for them. Or um, like with my daughter in the beginning, you know, we had a very old school pediatrician who was just like, never met a child who starved to death. And I was like, well, you're about to, because she will starve to death because she had ARFID. We didn't, there was no name for it at that time. Um, selective eating disorder, but you know, I had to advocate for her and that was way out of my comfort zone. And then I had to start sticking up for myself when I didn't like some of the providers and what they were doing. But then fast forward, you know, my second and third child, my third child required me to go into the school and make some accommodations last year. And that was unnerving for me because what if they didn't understand? What if they didn't get it? My daughter was like best friends with the nurse last year and would visit with the school counselor. And when I went in there last year to go explain, this is what's going on with her. She has an anxiety disorder. I really felt like the nurse looked at me like I had two heads. I mean, she was super nice and she let my daughter hang out with her all year, which was good at the time. Um, but luckily there's a new nurse there who is not as warm and fuzzy and it's perfect because my daughter was like, yeah, I'm never going to the nurse. And then she'd started to do better because she didn't have, um, a place to escape and avoid her anxiety, but it was very uncomfortable talking to these people and them not understanding what's going on with my child. And maybe that's you. Maybe you feel like you're trying to talk to the school or you're trying to talk to teachers and they're looking at you like you have two heads because most of our kids, not all, but most of our kids do a pretty good job of hiding their anxiety or OCD outside in public. They have a game face on and we are fortunate and unfortunately privy to the messiness of their anxiety and OCD. So we're going to get a lot of comments of, I don't see it. I just don't see it. We might even get comments like that from our husbands or our partners or um, our parents or our best friend where, oh my gosh, I just don't see it. I don't OCD. Really? I don't see that. Well, of course you don't for OCD because you think it just means that she's going to wash her hands a million times a day. So you're not going to see that. Um, or anxiety. Yeah. Anxious kids. Most of them are people pleasers and they don't want to embarrass themselves. So they hold it together and they're going to turn into a puddle when you leave. That's the problem. But unfortunately that kind of spurs on comments of, you know, maybe it's you, maybe you're coddling. Maybe you need to take a step back. Maybe you need to let somebody else handle it. And those things just fuel the guilt and the shame and the beating yourself up that we just don't need right? So my hope and my goal for today is to kind of give you a little inspirational message, a little short inspirational podcast that says, I get you, we get you. And it's okay if other people don't, and it's okay to trust your gut. It's okay to go up against pediatricians or even mental health professionals or teachers or school admin it's okay to know your child the best and to know that what you're seeing is accurate, even if it's not confirmed by anybody else. You don't need a diagnosis necessarily. You don't need some assessment. You know your child. You know if your child's anxious. Um, you can easily read up on OCD, and it is not rocket science when you see that your child is doing compulsions once you know what to look for and you want to find the right help. And unfortunately, 
the mental health world is not as educated about anxiety or OCD as they should be. When it comes to OCD, like I am flabbergasted. I am appalled. It makes me really angry. Uh, I get overwhelmed with my anger sometimes because I have so many kids coming to me after they've been to other therapists and they have been told all sorts of inaccurate things. Um, Therapists are not trained in OCD. Graduate programs don't cover OCD. They don't talk about ERP. They don't talk about exposure response prevention. A, A therapist has to take their own initiative and get their outside training. They have to read their own books. They have to educate themselves. They have to go to the International OCD Foundation's website, take one of their trainings, go to the BTTI, do something. But it's on them. It's not in their program. So if you think that uh, a therapist who's not trained, you know, to treat OCD with exposure response prevention is going to know more than you and you're an educated person who has done your homework and has learned about these things, you have to realize you're going to know more. And if you have a therapist who is not making progress with your child and you don't know what they're doing in there and there are no skills to be worked on, no thoughts to be reframed if it's anxiety, no exposures to be had if it's OCD, then it's okay to trust your gut. A lot of this journey feels lonely because you're not one, finding the right people to surround yourself with. And two, you're not trusting your gut. Everybody's telling you to second guess yourself. And so you are. And I'm hoping to be that voice in the fog that says, trust yourself, (laughs) go into the light. There is peace and serenity in the light. If you know what movie that's from, you can post it on the Facebook group and I'll be wildly impressed with you. That is a quote from a movie, one of my favorite movies when I was a kid, which weird because I shouldn't have watched that movie because I had anxiety and it probably added to my anxiety. But for some reason, that movie didn't scare me. But there's a there's an extra clue for the movie. Go into the light, Carol Ann. See, I gave you a hint. <laughs> I gave you more of the quote. There is peace and serenity in the light. But I am trying to be the light for you. And I'm trying to get you to realize that the majority is not going to validate you. That's a bummer, right? And the majority is not going to confirm what you see. And the majority is not going to know how to fix what you're dealing with. The minority will, and you have to know where the minority is. So the minority hang out in certain places, go to the international OCD foundation, even if it's anxiety and not OCD, because most people who hang out there and I'm saying hang out, but they're not like literally hanging out at that website. But most people who are listed on the resource directory should hopefully have some knowledge. Now they don't vet them out. So you still have to do your own vetting, but it's a nice shorter list than just going to like psychology today, or just trying to find a local therapist. You want to find a therapist who understands anxiety and OCD. And so you're not going to have to deal with feeling even more alone when your therapist says, I think that this is caused by the trauma of, you know, when they were two and they got stung by a bee, or I think this is caused by the trauma of them, you know, being born. Um, I've heard that a lot and there's, there was, it was not a traumatic birth, you know, um, and they have OCD. So that, that is not okay. You want to find someone who only eats, lives and breathes anxiety and OCD. So you can go to the international OCD foundation's website at iocdf.org slash find dash help, and at least start your search there. The other thing is join Facebook groups. There are a million Facebook groups of parents just like you who are raising kids with anxiety and OCD. I am partial 
to mine because, you know, it's mine. But there's 15,000 parents in there who are literally going through exactly what you're going through. Join that group and that can feel normalizing. And you, I will leave a link for that Facebook group so that you can join it, but it's facebook.com slash groups slash AT parenting anxious kids, you know, surround yourself with people who get it so that when your child does something that other people wouldn't understand, you can go there and you can celebrate. And that's actually a very, very active Facebook group. So when you post something in there and you want help, you're going to have like 50, 60 comments typically within the next two days. Um, sometimes within the hour, depending on what you post. So it's really a cool place to get some support. You do have to be careful with Facebook groups in general though, because they can get overwhelming. So even though they can help you feel like you're not alone, um, if you get lost in a Facebook group and you get absorbed in reading every thread and absorbing everyone's struggles, it can actually feel disconcerting and it can make you feel more helpless and it can make you project more um, catastrophic thinking. So you have to be kind of careful with Facebook groups in general. Even I get overwhelmed in my large Facebook group. And so I can't read every post, but finding a community. So there are also a lot of local support groups and you can find local support groups. You can start a meetup, you know, you go to meetup.com, which is not like a hookup.com. It's like meetup.com is you can post an interest. You can create a group. You can search and see if there's a local group in your area for anxiety or OCD. You can contact your local chapters. There's normally local international OCD foundation chapters. There are local anxiety chapters that you can look for or create your own. Maybe, you know, you have two friends out of the the sea of friends that you have. Um, I have like one friend, so there's no sea over here. I don't have one friend, but I don't have many. I'm an introvert. So I don't hang out with a lot of people. I like to have just a few intense relationships, but maybe you have a lot of friends and maybe a couple of them are raising kids with anxiety or OCD. So maybe you, you create a group and you initiate like a support group. You don't have to be so formal. You could just say, how about like once every two weeks we get together and we just support each other. And the other option is you can join the AT parenting community. And that's the community that I formed online because I'm finding that a lot of the parents I work with, they can't find an anxiety or OCD therapist, or even if they have one, they feel like they are an Island. They feel like they have no support and they want, they want the support of being around other people just like them. And they want the guidance of somebody who is in the field And so they get me and there's actually quite a few anxiety and OCD therapists in the AT parenting community as well. And they feel heard and validated and understood. And when you feel heard, validated and understood, you are much more likely to feel empowered enough to stand up for your children. It really wasn't until I started working on my social anxiety and created these groups that I even felt empowered myself. So my own groups help me, which I know is kind of ironic. And not that I even utilize my groups for my own support, but helping other parents in these groups and in my private practice has made me feel less lonely because I know what I'm seeing. And I know that other parents are going through this. And I know that there have been brave parents who have gone to the school, have advocated for their kids or have said something. Um, and it, it empowers me to do the same thing for my kids and for my struggles. And I know that even though I'm a therapist, that my kids are allowed to crumble and they are allowed to not want to do their exposures and to have a really rough patch with their anxiety or OCD and that it's not a reflection 
of my clinical skills if my kids are having a hard time. Because just like I tell everybody else, it's their journey. So I have no magic fairy dust that I can sprinkle on them when they're sleeping and make all their problems go away. Ultimately, all of our kids have to take care of their own problems. We can't fix it for them. We can't self-regulate for them. Um, The self and self-regulation is about them doing it themselves, right? And if we try to fix their problems, then they're never going to learn how to fix their problems for themselves. And so I have to remind myself that, you know, I tell that to everybody else, but then I have to also be kind to myself and say, Natasha, that goes for you too. Yeah. I talk about, I talk to myself in third person, but I remind myself that, that I have no magic fairy dust and that this is my children's journey too. And that my kids are still kids. They're not Natasha's kids. Well, they should be better because they're Natasha's kids. No, they're still kids. They're kids like anybody else. They could be born to anybody. And sometimes they're going to want to work on their anxiety and OCD. And sometimes they aren't. And that doesn't mean I'm a bad parent. And it doesn't mean I'm a bad therapist. And it doesn't mean that you are either. So it's forgiveness for ourselves. But having a community that will validate that for you and remind you of that is super helpful. And so I hope that you find some place that feels like home when it comes to anxiety and OCD, because nobody should have no one who gets it when they're raising a child with anxiety and OCD. It is just way too overwhelming and stressful to have like no place to vent. And sometimes our partners aren't that person for us. If you have a partner who's totally aligned with you, you're very lucky because the majority of the parents I work with, they're not always seeing everything on the same page. And that can create a lot of secondary marital issues, which nobody needs when they're raising a child with anxiety and OCD. So having your place where you're getting supported and people get you and they confirm that you're doing the right thing or they give you ideas, um, helps minimize that conflict with your partner because you can come from a a better place where you can just say, well, you know what? He doesn't get it and that's okay. He doesn't need to get it. As long as he's not undermining me, I have other people that can support me and, and help me through this. Not ideal, but much better than having marital struggles, right? So in the AT parenting community, you get all of that. Um, It's another option. There are people from all over the world in there. There are people from lots of people from the States. Um, We have a lot of people from all over the country, but there's also people from Canada. There's people from Norway. There's people from Mexico City. There's people from Australia. There's people from South Africa. And it's a very cool group because we're coming from all these different places, whether different cities or different countries. And yet we're all speaking the same language, the language of anxiety and OCD. It doesn't matter where we're from. It doesn't matter what language we speak. It doesn't matter what culture we're from. We all are speaking the exact same language of anxiety and OCD. And uh, the best part of the AT parenting community is really the community. I love them. They're like super awesome and they support each other. And there are a lot of other benefits. I get to meet people um, once a week. I teach a class every week and the community votes. I put out a poll and they vote on the topic that they want. And so there's a lot of interaction of getting your needs met. Like I need to know about sleep. I'm having a kid who's not sleeping. I'm going to vote for that. And I hope that we have a class on it. I mean, you do get access to the archives of like 30 plus classes that I've done already in there. And so you can watch all those replays the minute you join the membership, but 
you also get to choose what the classes are coming up. And then they're live and you get to ask me, you know, my child's doing this. What should I do? And so I've had some community members say, I feel like I, like I have you as my therapist and the community is not therapy. It is just support. It's just psychoeducational. Um, find your own mental health professional in a local area, but a lot of these people can't. And a lot of them have the support, but they want that extra support for them. You know, their child is getting therapy, but what should their role be? How do they take care of themselves? What should they do when their child comes to them for like the fifth time with a compulsion or, you know, is so scared to go to school? What's their role? So, um, you get the classes and the live classes, plus there's like a huge library of classes that you get access to. So they always get one free class from my teachable online school. That's separate. I have, um, a teachable online school that has about seven classes in there. There is a big one on how to parent a child with OCD. There is one on how to teach kids to crush anxiety. There is a mini class on how to help a child with moral OCD There is a class on how to parent a child with social anxiety. There is a class on how to handle difficult behavior in kids with anxiety and OCD. And there's a class on how to help kids who are scared to sleep. So there's a lot of classes. And as a member, you get to pick one of those for free. And you have access to that class, even though it's not in the membership, you get access to the Teachable website, you get a coupon code, and you can take that and have access to it as long as you're an active member. So that's pretty cool. They also get the moral OCD class, the difficult behavior class, the sensory class. They get all those for free. So they don't have to use their freebie on that one because they already get access to those. And then I make videos for their kids. So people will post and they'll say, you know, my child is feeling like it's too overwhelming. This actually happened recently. Somebody um, said, my child just doesn't even know where to start. They think that it's just too overwhelming to even work on it. Can you make a video on this? And so I made a video and spoke directly to kids for them on, you know, taking things one step at a time. And I know that it can feel overwhelming. And so I make these custom videos based on what the community wants and they stay in the community. They don't go on my kid YouTube channel. They typically stay in the community. And those are videos that are just for their kids. So it's pretty, it's a very cool place. And now that we are one year old, There are a lot of resources in there because they've been built up. The libraries, the archives are building and building. And so there's worksheets in there from the past year that you can have access to. And I bring in experts from other areas. And so I've brought in experts who will make special videos for you or special handouts for you. And you get access to all of that as well. And so we normally have an expert spotlight at least once a month, if not more, where I invite somebody to come in and teach you on something that is not my expertise, or just to hear somebody else talk about anxiety and OCD is really helpful. So I hope that you will check it out. It is a, I mean, I'm biased, but I think it's a fantastic place to not feel alone and to get support. And like I said, the doors are closing on Tuesday, February 11th. And so you can join at atparentingcommunity.com and learn all about it over there. So I hope that you're enjoying the podcast. And if you have been enjoying my podcast and listening to all of my episodes, please leave a star on iTunes to rate the show. I appreciate that. And if you have a few extra seconds and can leave a review, that's even more appreciated because parents like to look at why this podcast is worth listening to, especially now that we are running out of time.
So I always like to end the show reading one of them if I have time. And I want to thank Elise for leaving a review. She wrote, thank you for reminding me to find my sparkle. I like that. She said, this podcast is wonderful. Just a few weeks ago, I was drowning in guilt and my own anxiety, not knowing how to help my daughter with OCD tendencies. After many late nights and panic attacks, a friend referred me to Natasha's private Facebook group and podcast. It has been life-changing for my family. Natasha gives real-life examples and actual verbiage that can be used with kids who are suffering with anxiety and OCD. Her instructions on how to talk to kids and resolve situations have been working for my daughter and me, and I feel so empowered. I have a different opinion on mental health because of Natasha. Thank goodness, because we're not all bad. And I see that my daughter can and will be okay. Thank you so much, Natasha, as the sparkle has returned back to my life, my daughter's life, and really our whole family's lives. Elise, thank you so much. That's like the kindest review I've read in a really long time. I really appreciate it. And if you have something to say, I hope that you'll be leaving a review and maybe I'll be reading your review next time. So I hope that you find the sparkle in everything you do like Elise did. And I hope that you join me in the community because if you like the podcast, you have no idea what kind of support you'd get actually in my private community. So I will see you over at atparentingcommunity.com and I will talk to you again, definitely this time next Tuesday. Take care. Hi, I'm a mom of a daughter with OCD. I live in South Africa um, and it's a country that doesn't have a lot of resources for children's mental health and specifically OCD. I really was at my wit's end on how I'm going to support my child, how I'm going to do ERP, how I'm just basically going to, to parent a daughter with OCD in a country that has little to no resources. And at times it got just debilitating for us as a family and I was super lonely, um, people weren't listening, I didn't have any support. The AT community has been an absolute lifesaver. Natasha has been instrumental in the past few months in helping us set up ERP challenges, going through them step by step, being supportive each and every step of the way. Joining the AT parenting community has been one of the best things I could have done for me and my family. Uh, Natasha has built this community and it is exceptional. I've learned so much. The support is fantastic. It's, it's just been life-changing for my daughter. Um, it's so nice to be able to ask her live questions in office hours. She's there. She responds. Uh, her live videos every week where she asks us what we need her to talk about. Uh, also her forums, again, where you can ask questions. She's on there all the time. She is very present. The resources she's had provided, the worksheets, uh, there are so many things in this AT parenting community that are beneficial. Natasha gives you so much of her time and her expertise. She's there to answer your questions, so it's such a personal way of getting help and support when it's much needed. Personally, the community has helped me because I feel like I needed my support. And then you have the added bonus of this fantastic community of parents who are going through such similar things and suddenly you're empowered and have ways of accessing help and making a real difference to your family. And also just the support of all the other moms and dads, it's really good, you know, we laugh together, we cry together, we fail together, we succeed together, um, and, and everybody gets it, everybody gets it, and it's such a nice community to be with, and I hope you join us, you won't be disappointed, try it out. To learn more about how you can become a member of the AT Parenting Community, go to atparentingcommunity.com.
you for listening to AD Parenting Survival Podcast. For more tips and parenting support, visit anxioustoddlers.com.